0: verses. We're going to go to my favorite book of the Bible. The book uh, is a book called Joshua. I'm pretty sure you're familiar with it. And so we're going to start out at Joshua 1. Uh, We're going to read 1 and 2. We're going to read Joshua 1, 1 and 2. Um, It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River Into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Let me read verse 3 just because I like it. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. If I had to tag a a title um, to this sermon today, if I had to stamp it with something, uh, my title today will be Boss Up. Look at the person beside you and say, Boss Up. Y'all playing. That was the wrong person. Turn to the person behind you. Maybe they'll receive from you and say, Boss Up. Go. Yeah, yeah, Boss Up, Boss Up. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for an opportunity to be in this sacred place. We Thank you for what you've already started doing, how you already start ministering on the hearts of the people. And so right now I'm asking, Father, that you move PJC out the way and bring in Pastor Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for the work that you've already done. Bless this food that they're about to receive, making a nourishment to their bodies. In your precious name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm a walker. I hope I don't uh, mess with you too much. I'm going to try to do my best to stay cool, Pastor. But that's just kind of how I flow. That's just kind of how I move. I'm not going to run or do anything crazy. I promise you that, though. Boss up. Over the next couple of minutes, I want to introduce you to a person uh, that some of you may be familiar with. uh, Some of you may not be so familiar with. uh, But it's a person that you need to get to know on a greater level. Um, It's a person that you need to be more acquainted with. This person, that person, is in fact you. Um, I want to share with you that God is giving you the ability, God is giving you the capacity, he's giving you the capability to live a life of longevity. He's giving you the ability, he's giving you the capacity to live a life where you've leveled up in life, uh, a, a level of liberation, but you can only live at that place until you first boss up. God wants to introduce or reintroduce you to the leader that's inside of you. Now, I know a lot of people say everybody's not called to lead. I don't believe in that. I believe that each and every person under the sound of my voice has the capacity, has the ability to lead in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Why do I believe that? Because if you're saved, God should live inside of you, and we know that God is a leader, one of the most famous verses, of course, is Psalms 23, it says, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul, he guides me, now, I don't know what that sounds like to you, but that sounds like a leader, and so, in fact, there is a leader inside of you, and so, we have to, in fact, awaken the leader that God has put down inside of you, and the only way you can wake up this sleeping giant, if you decide to boss up. God will never empower you to do things that to, he will never give you the power to do things that he's already empowered you to do yourself. What are you saying by that, PJC? This is what I mean. God gives you trees. He does not make wooden tables for you. So there's some things in your life that we're praying for God to do when he's already giving you the power to do. He's already, already giving you the strength. He's already giving you the mindset. He's already giving you all the tools that you need to accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish and that God wants to accomplish in your life but the biggest issue Jordan this this, this is the problem is that we have uh, uh 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 we have two things fighting against each other Paul said we got a uh, flesh and spirit battling against each other and so we have our fleshly nature and then we have our spirit man and our spirit man wants to boss up but your fleshly man wants to be weak your fleshly man wants to be passive. It wants to give in to everything, but your but 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 your fleshly man wants to give in to everything, but your spirit man wants you to boss up. Somebody say, boss up. Boss. Listen, if you don't remember anything that I say today, you're gonna remember them two words. If you don't ever remember my name, you see me somewhere, you're gonna be like, that's boss up right there. <laughs> yeah. You're going listen, you're gonna hear that all through this message, and I hope that it rings throughout your head, not just today, but for the rest of your life. And so we have two things that are warring against each other. It's a story uh, that a young man, uh, he went to his granddad, he said, "Uh, uh, granddad, I got an issue, I got uh, a problem, I got the good man over here, and I got the bad man over here, and I'm trying to figure out how or which one is going to win, because it seems like they're both battling me in my mind, they're both talking the same way, they're both handling the same thing. This is what the grandfather told the young man when the young man asked, how do I know who's going to win here it is here's the answer to it whichever one that you feed please don't miss that watch this what it is that you feed are you going to feed your flesh or are you going to feed your spirit are you going to boss up and feed your spirit man when your fleshly man does not like it here it is Uh, another example let me give it to you biblically uh uh, in genesis when we see the enemy he's a, a snake in the garden pastor Earl by the time we get to revelations He's not a snake anymore. He's a dragon. What does that mean? I guess somebody been feeding him. How does the enemy grow in our life? It's by what we give him and what we take away, but we have to, in fact, you say, somebody say boss up. You have to boss up, but you have to want to be made whole. Yeah, in John 5 and 6, it was Jesus that came to the man at the pool, and Jesus asked the question, do you want to be made whole? Yeah, elbow your neighbor, say, do you want to be made whole? Yeah, if you didn't know by now, I'm going to have you turn into your neighbor. If you didn't know it, you should know it by now. (laughs) Yeah, do you want to be made whole? And so you have to, here it is, learn how to lead by first leading yourself. You practice on you. Here it is, somebody, I, I hope you don't get mad at this. If you can listen to your own advice and take your own advice that God has given you, maybe you can lead somebody else. Oftentimes, we're some of the greatest counselors to our friends, but we won't take our own advice. I'm in a series right now called Relast. Last relationships, how to make relationships last at the life. That's what I'm talking about. Now I talk about in relationships how people counsel other people all the time. They say, girl, you better leave him. He ain't no good. So why are you still kicking it with people that treat you bad? Can you take your own advice? Can you, in fact, lead yourself? And so Joshua is a great leader. He's one of those leaders that started well, but this is what I love. He finished well. A lot of times we see leaders that start well and then we don't know what they're doing by the end of their ministry, just like we see pastors, just like we see leaders all over society, all over this world. They start great and then they fall apart. Joshua, I think, and I really believe that he's a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ. You're saying, why do you say that? Because the Greek and the Hebrew name go right there together. I know what the name Joshua means. I, I think that name would be important to me. And so we know Jesus means uh, Savior, and Joshua is a derivative of that, and it means that God is my salvation. Jesus comes after the law. Joshua comes after the law of Moses. So it's important that we understand that we see similarities in the leadership of of Joshua just like we see similarities in the leadership of Jesus Jesus teaches us how to boss up Joshua teaches us how to boss up and in this text we're in Joshua 1 we're in our text and we're in the and Joshua is being installed as the new leader over all of God's people and it's tough being a leader Because Joshua is coming after a pastor by the name of Moses who's iconic. Ten plagues, pardon the Red Sea, sun not going down. You imagine trying to come after somebody like that and lead a team. Miracles, signs, and wonders. He speaks to God face to face. He goes up on top of the mountain. He's coming down. We can't even look at him. He's glowing, don't everybody scared. He's always got smoke around him, everything. You imagine trying to lead after somebody like that. And so, what did what is God telling Joshua? You got to boss up, son. Because now is your time to lead the people. He has to change things. Watch this. So Moses is dead. I'm, I'm moving before my time. He's dead. Moses, if you know the story, he couldn't lead him into the promised land. And so Joshua has the task now of coming in and telling a whole bunch of people that this iconic pastor that you had did great things, but, he, but, but God is not done working in your life. This leader had to come in and tell the people, it's more for your life. God has greater for you. He has to come in and say that God has a special anointing on your life that you can go into a land or go into a place where nobody has ever been before. He has to come after him and tell him that. The biggest issue and what we struggle with in society today is the same thing that Israel struggled in. Israel celebrated the progress of a previous season. And you as a leader, God has called you to take people into new seasons. You have to be a visionary. You have to help people level up. You have to help them move forward. Here it is. Here's a tweetable moment for somebody. Never celebrate the progress of a season that you're no longer in. (laughs) Because you're not in that season anymore. Here it is. Never reminisce about momentum that you no longer have. Don't miss this right here. Never talk about exploits that you are no longer doing. That was the biggest issue with the Israelites when they were out in the wilderness. They were always talking about Egypt. Here it is. If you stay in the past, you can never get to your future. And that's what the enemy tries to do. The enemy tries to come and hold you captive. Because of your past. That's what I tell my, my church all the time. Nobody's perfect. When you find somebody perfect, let me know. Nobody's perfect. We are all ex somethings. <laughs> We're all still dealing with something, but we can't stay in our past. You cannot compare the present to your past. Stop comparing your present to your past where you are because you're no longer at that place anymore. Bill Heibel says it like this. When you come out of Egypt, you have to have what's called a holy discontent. Well, I thank God for bringing me out of Egypt, but I'm still not satisfied. You can never get satisfied. Because it's a God that we serve that wants to take you here. And when you get here, he wants to take you here. And when you get here, he wants to take you There. Failure is not an option, and being mediocre—being me, mediocre—is never a choice with God. We don't serve an average God. But in order to get to the place that we want to get to, look at somebody and say, "You got to boss up." I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think they felt what you said. Look at them hard and say, "You got to boss up." Yeah, Joshua assume. The leadership role Moses could not get him into the promised land. Joshua took him into the promised land and watch this. the only thing that changed was leadership because in order to get you into your promised land it's going to take leadership. What got them out of their situation? Miracle signs and wonders that's what got them out of Egypt, but that couldn't get them into the promised land. What are you trying to say, PJC? I, I know some people may get mad at me. You can't live a life full of miracles. If you live a life full of miracles, that means you always got something going on. That, all, that means that you're always struggling with issues because you always, God always got to uh, uh, supernaturally pull you out of something. God wants you to live a life of blessings. When you wake up smiling from day to day and you're just thanking God for his goodness and for his mercy. What got them into the promised land? Somebody say leadership. But the leadership has to be different and you have to learn what works for you. And when God is ready to change and when God is ready to move you out of the things that he that he had you in last season, you got to be ready to move out of those things. What did Moses use? Moses used a rod. And what he used ended up getting him in trouble because God tried to transition him. So he had the rod and he lifted it and he held it over the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. And so he kept using his rod. He kept using his rod. And then it gets to the point where the people were going crazy, where the people were acting up. And then God said, I want you to use a different method now. I want you to use your mouth. But Moses was so tagged and tethered to the people that the people upset him. Instead of him speaking to the rock, he struck the rock. And so we have to understand when God is trying to transition us in the methods in which we used to use, watch this, that we were comfortable in using in the next season. You're not going to be able to do those things because, God, here it is. A lot of church folk don't like this. You gotta grow up. Oh, Pastor, they may not like me after this. <laughs> How long are we gonna continue to coddle you? I get it. If you first get saved, can I tell you what I tell my people at the house? I got an issue. If you've been saved ten years and you don't know but one verse, you don't know nothing but John three sixteen, and you stumble through that, you need to grow up. I got a problem. If you've been saved 20, 10, 15 years, you're still struggling and still talking about people. You're still gossiping. You're still doing the things that we know that a lot of church folk do that's not really cool. You got to grow up. And so God was you trying to grow Moses up, but Moses missed it because he was tagged and tethered to the people. Here it is. Don't allow people to stop you from bossing up. Did you not know that statistics show that 75 to 85% of the stress that you struggle with is not your stress, but the stress that somebody else that you have in your life? And so you're not dealing with your issues, but you're dealing with everybody else's issues. And I, what I had to learn early is that it, it's only been one Messiah, and that was Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that God did not call you to save everybody? But you have a portion in your call to a remnant of people and who God wants you to lead. But it first starts with leading yourself. You have to boss up. And so the first thing, how do we boss up? First point, somebody say clarify the dead. I'm waiting. Say it again. Somebody say, clarify the dead. Here it is. A leader has to be able to see. In that first, in those first few verses, it said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, when I'm reading, I'm I'm nosy. I'm trying to get into the head. I'm trying to get into their mind. I'm thinking, why did God tell Joshua that Moses is dead? Joshua had been with him his whole life. He had served him. He was his aide. When Moses went up on the mountain, God said, don't nobody come close to this mountain. Joshua went halfway up, and so he had his pastor spirit. He probably looked just like Moses in a sense in how he was spiritually. Why would God tell him that Moses is dead? Because sometimes you stay emotionally attached to things that God is ready to let die. And so God had to tell Joshua, Moses is dead, and I'm not trying to resurrect it. How many things have God wanted to kill in your life? How many things have God wanted to die in your life, and we keep trying to resurrect it? Keep trying to give it mouth-to-mouth. Keep trying to give it CPR. When God wants those things to die because they hold you captive. Some, listen, here it is, my young people. It's some relationships that you have to let die. Are they godly relationships? Not just my young people. I'm talking about we have grown folk, old folk that can't get away from relationships that are struggling in some things because they won't let God deal with people. Here it is. Sometimes we become enablers. Sometimes we got to let people go and let God deal with them. And as long as we deal with them, sometimes we hold back the hand of God. We got to let some relationships die. We got to let Some opportunities die, if that makes sense. Because every opportunity, uh, it may be a good opportunity, but here's the question is it a God opportunity? It may be your will, but is it God's will? And so we have to let things die. You serve it, you love it, but it's no longer working. Next point clarify your destination. Where we going, Josh? That's what the people are asking. Because watch this. They really didn't know. They knew they were going to Canaan. They knew they were going to the Promised Land. But they had been going in circles for 40 years. So they confused. Where we going? What's our next move? Here's a word for you. SAT word. You have to concretize. That's a good SAT word, right? That means that you have to make it concrete where it is that I'm going. Here it is. it's some places that you can go. it's some places that you can't go. it's some places that God wants you to go. it's some places that God does not want you to go. That's why we have to have more spirit than flesh because God will tell you, don't go over there. Don't hang out with them. Don't be with that group. God will give you direction. Here it is. It says in the Bible that the steps of a righteous man are ordered. But you got to be righteous so your steps can be ordered so you know where you can go. And watch this, understand that a lot of times God is not going to give you this big glaring light of where it is that you're supposed to go, but he takes you step by step. And he's a light and he's a lamp, which means that you can only see step by step but that you don't see way down the road. That's why you got to learn how to trust God. That's why, that's why your spirit man has to outride your fleshly man. You have to know the destination. Joshua 1, 4, God told them where they were going. Listen, if you're a father, if you're a husband, how are you leading your family? If you're a leader on your job, how are you leading the people that's under you? If you're uh, young, if you're in school, how are you leading the people at school? Or are you just following what it is that they're doing? Are you showing them the direction of where they need to go? Are you telling them that we can get to this promised land, but at the same time, are you showing them that they can get to the promised land through your actions? Because we know that actions speak louder than words. Don't uh, You can tell me anything, but I want to watch what it is that you do. And they watch Joshua time and time again be a warrior. They watch Joshua serve Moses. They watch Joshua do the little things when other people wouldn't do them. People are always watching your life no matter what they say, no matter how they act towards you. I promise you they're always watching your life because you say that you're saved. You say that you're connected to God and as much as they cry, as much as they talk trash, as much as they hate, they want to know the God that you serve. You've heard this time and time again. Sometimes you will be the only Jesus that somebody may see. So how are you going to live your life? How are you going to lead people? How are you going to clarify your destination? How are you going to show people where it is that they need to go? The biggest issue is sometimes we know where it is that we want to go, but we start drifting. Hebrews 2 and 1 says we must pay attention to the most. We must pay the most careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard, so that we will not drift away. When you do not know your destination, you will drift. And when you drift, you get caught up in the current. I don't want you to miss the words. You get caught up in the current. Don't miss the words. You get caught up in the current. And if you're caught up in the current, you can't get to your future. Don't get caught up in your current. Last thing. You've got to clarify your decisions. God gave Joshua he said two things. Joshua 1:6, he says, "Be strong, that's a decision. Be courageous. A decision. Two things: be strong, be courageous. What's the biggest issue that we have we spend so much time doing that we never be become? We're so busy with life, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But you can't become who God called you to be because you got so much on your plate. You're always rushing God. You're always moving at this fast pace. And you you feel like if I'm not moving fast pace, if I'm not grinding, I'm not getting any work done. And it's stopping you from becoming who God has called you to be. He told him to be strong. Strong means to prevail. You can't prevail unless you've been in a battle. Listen, I know I'm not talking to everybody, but it's a couple people under the sound of my voice that you came in here this morning battling some things. It took all of you to get to the house of the Lord this morning. But you battled your way. Maybe dealing with marital issues. Maybe be dealing with kid issues. You may be dealing with job issues. You may be dealing with with school issues. God told me to tell you this morning that you have to be strong. The biggest things that you face is that you're battling with you. World war you. How do you win this war? You got to be able to boss up. You got to be strong. God was telling him to be strong. Why would he tell them to be strong? Joshua already knew how to fight. He was a warrior. So he wasn't telling him to be physically strong. He was telling him to be mentally strong. Joshua, you got to get your mind together. Here it is, legacy. You got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It starts with your mind first. That's where the battle is. That's why the ailments come in your physical body is because you're struggling and you're battling in your spiritual man. And so he says, you got to be strong because watch this. If you're not strong mentally, those same people that you're taking into the promised land will take you right back into the wilderness. You have to boss up in your mind Because they don't have the mindset that you have. You've been around the glory. You've been around Moses. You've been connected to the pastor. And now I'm putting it on you to boss up and lead the person beside you. To lead the person that's behind you. To lead the people that I'm going to, in fact, put in your life. Be strong. Here it is. It takes courage to make this decision. PJC, why does it? Take courage because it's not the popular decision. Because everybody don't want to lead. They want to talk about being a leader, but watch this. This is what a leader looks like. They're gonna hate you. They're gonna lie on you. Am I okay? They're gonna backstab you. They're gonna run you down. No, no, no. This is what Jesus said a leader looks like. Not PJC, not Pastor Robbie. In order to be the boss, here it is, (laughs) got to pay the cost. And it's a cost of giving up your life to be the leader that God has called you to be. Here it is. Can we stand to our feet? I want to pray for you. Listen. I know there's a couple people here that you've been in a tough spot. You got some things in your life that you know needs to die. Some of you guys are searching for your next destination. And then I believe that there's some people here today that need to make a decision. Can you do me a favor? Can you just connect with somebody? Can you just grab the hand of the person beside you? Can you just do that for me today? Listen, where two or, two or three or more are gathered, listen, It's power in unity. It's power in connecting. What you can not pray for, that person beside you may be able to pray for. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for each and every person that's in this place. I thank you for the word that you've given them today and that they would allow this word to blanket them, to cover them.